0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Happy Haven Podcast. I had John Malin on this week with a really serious discussion about something that's been affecting the comic community. Um, Definitely in fan interest, and they're starting to see it reflected in sales. All politics aside, and your feelings aside, you really need to listen to what this guy has to say if you want comics to be uh, viable, and if you want them to be saved. So, um... really deep episode this week hope you enjoy it um john Malin, draw cable
1: for marvel <laughs> and uh that's about it <laughs> so uh
2: so what got you into comics were you like lifelong fan or uh yeah since about about
1: 14 so i you know i was into uh, cartoons in the 80s and uh, eventually, uh, my brother shoplifted a whole bunch of comic books, and I came home, and they're on the floor. And from there was so <laughs> up.
2: Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's an awesome. That that might be the best entry into comics I've had from any guest ever. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. He, big old stack
2: of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But um, so. Have, have you drawn for other books or did you get right into Marvel?
1: Oh, no, yeah. Uh, I, I started uh, in I think about 2000, 2001, uh, a anthology book. It was the first issue for uh, a website called Digital Webbing. So I did that, and uh, I eventually got. I, I did little pinups here, uh, maybe a cover there, and uh, eventually I got uh, for image. And then I got uh, work for Rob Liefeld. I did a book with him called Nitrogen. Oh man! And, uh, yeah, I did a Supreme issue. Uh, it was written by Robert Kirkman, and uh, I did Young Blood for Image, uh, like maybe five years ago. And uh, oh, I did a Cable Deadpool issue for Marvel uh, a couple of years, I think, before that, and uh, New Warriors.
2: Oh, wow, really?
1: Yeah, they were just, like, fast fill-in, and then I was gone. (laughs) So So they brought me in for Thunderbolts, like, two years ago, and uh, I did uh, almost 12 issues on that. Uh, I think it's 10 and 2 were a fill-in, and uh, then I was put on the cable. So, and now I just finished my cable run.
0: Oh, really? Which was,
1: uh, yeah, Marvel Legacy, uh, Cable, number 150 to 154. Nice. So, yep. Well, actually, uh, while while I just brought that up, I just take a second and, uh, give some credit to, uh, the colorists. Uh, Ed Brisson is a writer. He also does Iron Fist. And, uh, the interior colors is, uh and I'm a real big fan of his stuff. I was really happy that he came on the book, and our cover colorist is Federico Blee. And you know, I mean, if you've seen the covers, they look really good as well. They so, do. Yeah, they they usually colors usually get left out, <laughs> and I think the last time I talked to anybody, I left pretty much everyone out. So I just wanted to get that burden gone.
2: No, that's awesome, man. You, I mean, I, I love the people I talk to, but I've never... You're right, I've, I mean, I've never heard anybody give credit that far into the book, so that's awesome. I'm sure they yeah. definitely appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, seeing my 40-hour-a-week my job is doing uh, facilities maintenance for a major retailer, so I know what it feels like when... Um. The only time you ever get talked to or brought up is when something went wrong and you needed to fix it. So, <laughs> you know that once in a while when somebody gives you credit, it's like, oh, <laughs> well, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So colors get left out a lot, and uh, I, I'm not doing anything too above and beyond. I don't think so. I'm sure they get credit here or there, but but I just don't want to be that jerk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, um, I mean, originally, I reached out because what popped you on the radar was you know what uh treating treating the the comic customers better getting trying to breed an environment of getting some of that social media like toxicity that's crept into it like that, yeah well, I just I liked your approach of you know kind of telling both sides to to cool out a little bit and just get back to making good comics and then for the fans to just go back to enjoying them? Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, in order for that to happen, you know, you have to actually listen to what uh, the fans are saying and recognize, uh, you know, what are truths and what are uh, exaggerations on things. So, uh, I I think for the most part there's a lot of truth going out there and that uh, a lot of the Uh, professionals in the industry are something went wrong (laughs) and uh, they decided that you know telling fans that they matter less uh, and uh, not to buy their products uh, you know you're in a capitalist uh, society I I don't understand uh, how one person on a book and I I think the, the the actual thing that you came on was when I was t- referring to creators saying, "Don't buy our book if you don't agree with our personal views or p- political views." And, yep. Um, and my point on that was that when you say that, and, and it, it is, it's completely common sense. And you know, the interesting thing is, you can look at that post, and it, you know, I had plenty of retweets, had plenty of likes. But for all the people in the comic industry, find out how many of those people actually work in comics. (laughs) Find out how many of those people actually liked it, are actually working in mainstream comics right now. Right. And that should be an eye-opener to you. And what's going on is there are so many people over the last year who have completely just blown out on fans uh, due to, you know, Donald Trump or whatever the case may be, and and it's just lit everybody off. There's so many people in comics now that have told people, don't buy my book. (laughs) So if somebody's on my team that has gone off and said, don't buy my book, and if I click like on that, all of a sudden, somebody in that uh, circle might see me as bringing down my own teammate. (laughs) Right. So they're afraid to click on it because of the peer pressure that could come with that, by saying, "Hey, because it's not even uh, it's not even uh, one degree separation." In some cases, this goes straight
0: through editorial, and editorial is—I'm uh, not saying name company specific. Yeah, I
2: wouldn't I'm have. Only good yeah, only generalities. But when you go through uh,
1: the editorial level, these guys hire and fire, and when you look at like uh, comic book journalism. It's laughable. It's uh
0: embarrassing
1: to even think that there's any real degree of that. But the things that people have gotten away with saying, uh, you know, the people that you you generally think of like as these are the social justice warrior types. Right. The far left liberals. And just to be clear, I consider myself a moderate, I lean libertarian, (laughs) so I, I want everybody to have a chance and everybody work well, but I don't want to do it at the expense of other people. And, uh, right. But you look at the people, and in this case, because of the way the elections went or whatever, in this case, it's the far left that got triggered <laughs> and you know they've been going off on people in such a severe degree, right after editorial. But the things they've said, some of these people are completely racist, sexist,
2: but see, to Can them it's justified because it's all tribalism and their agenda matters more. So when they become what they consider their enemy, it's justifiable. And I think both yeah. sides are really big on doing that. When you get to the the extremes of both sides, which unfortunately makes up most of which opinions you're going to hear... People like you and I, I'm a little bit center-right. I've actually become more libertarian-slash-anarchist because I think the right has lost its ever-loving mind as much as the left. So at this point, I'm kind of politically homeless, but I would be what you would probably consider like a a 1980s, 1990s-era conservative where I'm not going to dictate how people should live their lives, but they sure as heck shouldn't dictate to me how I live my life. So, right. you know, I yeah. mean, yeah, I I identify with libertarians more and more. I definitely would fall under the constitutional conservative, not a Republican, <laughs> but but a constitutional conservative, you know, like yeah. small government, don't tax me to death. You guys can be whatever you want, but you don't get to force that onto me. I don't need to see it in every facet of my life. Um I think real diversity is beautiful this bullcrap fake PC diversity that's been pushed for 10 years. I think it actually hurts the communities that it's pretending to represent, and it turns everybody off onto wanting to maybe look at a new idea. You know, so, I mean, me and you probably agree on a lot of things like that, but I've seen it, you know, I've seen it just destroy entertainment, and not just comics. I mean, you know, I, I watch people who work on... Disney shows, and I have an 11 year old and a 20 year old, so you know, my 11 year old still likes stuff on Disney, and we've really curtailed how much of it's in the house because I've seen creators on Twitter that work for Disney of all places just have these cuss laden, horrible, dripping, toxic tweets out, and you're like, You make that freaking cartoon for like eight year olds. And you're up here with like eight F-bombs and an F-everybody-that-doesn't-agree-with-me thing. I'm like, you work at Disney. Like, there's... It it lets me know what kind of programming you're wanting to push on the air that my kid's going to watch. So, you know, I mean, it's just a lot of forms of entertainment right now, I think, are just completely in the muck. But I think comics is being hit the hardest because from what I hear... In the industry, through people on episodes, and, you know, actually going to comic book shops is, a lot of sales are kind of tanking, because people are just getting sick of it. Yeah, well, first, let me say, uh, you
1: know, you harbor, you know, some feelings towards uh, companies like Disney, understand, I completely understand, but again, let me say, you know, this is not just a singular thing, this goes all over, Right. Uh, I don't want anyone to be like, "Oh, John's over here trashing Disney."
2: So, no, no, no. That that was my. There's definitely yeah. truth
1: in what you're saying. So,
2: and uh, yeah, the children's
1: content, whatever. I mean, it was just an example.
2: The the I, I, to do be a good parent, <laughs> you know, right? So. Yeah, and, and it was just yeah. an example. I mean, you know, that was my opinion, not yours. Of course, I would mm-hmm. never, I would never want it to look like I was corroborating with you with something I said before you did. But, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I was just using it. I mean, I've seen, you know, some of the other big uh, kid channels. Nick, you know, Nickelodeon is really big at, at putting stuff out there. And then you watch people just devolve into, like, ripping and tearing at each other. And you're like, yeah. come on, you guys make SpongeBob and Ninja Turtles. Why is everybody here angry, but your channel's all light and fun to watch? Like, and, and for me, it's it's both sides need to really calm the heck down. And, you know, I, 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 you've seen my Twitter, you follow me. I can go off on a social justice warrior on the left with the best of them. But at the same time, I mean, I've gone after people on the right because you can't call each other fascists and Nazis and then act like fascists and Nazis, Yeah.
1: you know, so so it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I I agree. And and let me, again say you know this is a far left and a far right thing you know exactly Uh, i don't have anything against democrats i don't have anything against republicans me either when when you go to any any far extreme uh that's where your thinking becomes rigid and you start you know digging into ideological beliefs and it becomes uh really bad for everyone else so i mean people in the moderate area i'm completely cool with i mean exactly republican and You know, you can have more liberal beliefs and vice versa.
0: Well, that's just it. I don't have any
1: problems with any of those guys. It's it's,
2: it's extremes. Right, and I think all the free thinkers in the middle Mm -hmm. have stopped trying to engage for the most part, which is why I wanted to reach out to you because, you know, the conversation is one that not a lot of people are going to have. And, you know, it's just, it's sad to me That a medium that I've loved for so long, and you know, in multiple mediums, but mostly comics, that the community doesn't help a lot. Um, You know, I'm one of those guys where I've been reading them since the 80s. So when they retcon a character to fit an attempt at a social narrative, it does upset me because it's like, no, this character is this and it's been this for this long. And I understand that stories need to change. But what I've seen is a lot of shoehorned attempts at a lot of the big houses. You know, I'm not going to name any, but I think all the big publisher houses uh, felt the need to take up this, you know, PC version of diversity. And to me, comic books were always the most diverse form of entertainment before it became a buzzword for the left or the right. You know, I mean, you had... You had you know black characters and white characters and Asian characters and red characters and purple characters and green characters and the, you know like I mean it, it you know comic books have a lot of the first you know you hear TV shows be like oh this is the first time that we've had a this and this is the first and you're like yeah comics did that like even as far back as the sixties and the seventies when the civil rights was in full boil and you know yeah
1: and a lot of a lot of uh like, again, to me, like, everything you're saying is, you know, it's common sense. And But the problem is, is it doesn't go with the narrative of, you know, ideologues uh, who have come into the industry. Right. If you said the um, Same thing that these people are saying online Which is, you know, the artists Colorists uh, Everyone from top to bottom If you were saying Any of these things about another race or gender You would be fired on the spot But because they There's so much of that ideological bubble Going on They are able to get away with things that Are terrible
2: Yeah trust me I've had heroes day. that I read for years that, What's that I've had heroes that I've read for years yeah artists and writers and like you I'm not going to name anybody um that I've seen on so you know I started this twitter a year ago for the podcast and I had no idea how bad it was out there um take like a green infantryman because I'm ex-military so take a green infantryman right out of basic And plunk him into the middle of a battlefield that's already been raging for a while. And that was me the first couple months on Twitter. Like, what the heck? Like, why does everybody hate each other? And, yeah, I've seen people that I've read and stuff for years and seen them on here and the things that they'll say. And you realize that, like, if they knew what I believed in, they would hate me. And I've read their sure. books for 10, 20 years, and that is heartbreaking. Like I've seen that multiple times. So, what? I, I guess I mean now that we've identified the problem, you know, like is it, do you see a way forward? Is there a way to reconcile it or fix it or get sure. past yeah, it? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I
1: totally think there's a way forward, and um, you just have to identify every ideologue that's in the industry, and you get them out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the, the big thing for me is, I always say, I think there's something, there should be something for everybody. So, you know, I want indie art. I want indie stories. I want, you know, everything to be, everyone to have a story. Of course. And for a large, to a large degree, that's the purpose of the uh, independent market. So, well, what's happened with, larger companies is they've used the independent market as a farm team but the problem is is when you're bringing in all these people from the independent market their art styles are done at like the level of this is good enough <laughs> to tell this story i got to get back to my 40-hour job right so now you've brought them into a mainstream company that's willing to pay them but they already say well they hired me because of this easier style Now I can do two pages, I can bust this out, you know? Yeah, it's my
2: punk rock approach.
1: Yeah, well, punk rock had a lot more edge than... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) These are airplane manuals and uh, diagram artists coming in. So, my point being that I believe there's a place for them. You know, I want them to be able to thrive in the indie market, but... What that does is, when you bring them in, you take the uh, your, your core superhero fan who is looking for the exciting Jim Lee, Brett Booth,
2: you yeah.
1: know, all these great fantastic artists. But if they're not always getting their fill, they'll leave. They, they'll go to video games. They'll go to the internet. And I also and I say this all the time. DC is not Marvel's competition and vice versa. Right. Your competition is the Internet, and it is video games. And if you look at the things that are going on in this industry, you will understand why it's having such a hard time getting a foothold. And meaning, uh, the example I use is Frank Cho when he did the Wonder Woman cover. And uh, are you aware of this one, the one that got... Banned
2: No I didn't know one got banned I knew there was a Batgirl one that got banned For a really stupid reason but Right no. yeah
1: the gun to the head Yeah and that is a stupid reason So anyways Frank Cho drew a cover of Wonder Woman He drew her completely on model This was uh, for a variant cover I believe Of, of the Wonder Woman series Mm-hmm. Um, and what it is Is she has her Whatever kind of skirt Deal leather whatever armor Deal on then she has like her classic kind of underwear line underneath that Yeah. and this is 100% to how the character was uh, designed for that book and uh, they didn't like that so what they did was they they slid her over on the actual published cover so her butt was kind of halfway cropped off the page just so they could hide the underwear line and their feeling was either whoa that's her underwear and it's not even really her underwear I mean it's it's a, it's a layer of
2: yeah outfit. yeah it's the part of the the armor yeah. yeah. So
1: anyway, Frank Cho had, he ended up quitting the book because they did this. He's like, this is ridiculous. Good for and him. My point is, if you're if you are outside of the comic book industry and you're looking in, is you're just a consumer of video games and entertainment. You would say, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> like, this is insane, you know, like, why are you guys so 40-year-old virgin virgins on this, you know? It's, it's a line on a drawing, and, you know, same thing when uh, Bleeding Cool had an article <clears throat> on uh, one of my covers. It's like, well, we're going to, oh, her, her boobs are showing too much skin, but there's no nipple, there's nothing like that, <gasps> and... Uh, then it's like, oh, her boobs are too big, and it's like, her, no one had a problem when I drew her boobs on the very first cover that I did, <laughs> you know. But she was in a different costume, so what the problem was was they were seeing too much skin. But there's nothing pornographic in what I drew at all. But that cover got changed as well. Really? So, yeah. There's yeah. You can go online, find a side by side of them from where Good it was cool, complain about it to what it is now and it should be laughable like what is wrong with us why are we doing this for 40 year old virgins I don't get it who's complaining the one guy who wouldn't buy a cable
2: book anyways I mean do you, you know? realize that 90% of the comics in the 90's wouldn't pass muster if that's the new standard
1: yes yes
2: and good lord so it, so
1: they're going to go no, so far that, that, left. the direction we're going these are we're becoming more and more (laughs) non-offensive. So, and and it's only offensive to people who, I don't know, have nothing better to do with their day than to critique how much of a pink skinned uh, character, (laughs) you know, uh, how much cleavage she's getting or showing. Because again, if it was breast size, they would have been complaining on the very first issue. So it's not breast size. It's just how much of that skin you can
2: see. Now, see, that's weird to me, because everything else that that side stands for is so, like, do whatever you want. So, are they going to become so far left that they whip-snap themselves into far-right Puritans? So, I don't...
1: Well, I'm losing you a little bit, but, sorry.
2: Oh, sorry. I said, are they going to push so far that they go from far left to far-right Puritans on some standards? So, oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs>
1: That, that's when it already went that way.
2: <laughs> so I mean, at this point, I mean, have you they, seen when so far
1: around the you know the pendulum
2: has swung? Have you so, seen how much the snake eats its own tail on the on on the left and right where they 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 scream a thing so much and yeah, because the far left and the far right
1: are insane,
2: right? <laughs> so, but now, but now they've gotten so rulish and religious about their tribes, that they are constantly eating their own tails now. I mean, look, you know, we've got this, uh, you know, you've got this Me Too movement and everything going on, and it's being spearheaded by the very community that seems to be the most egregious violator, you know, and I, I, I don't say that to downplay what happens to pe- to, to people in that situation, But now it's become a hysterical witch hunt, and the people who are really hurt get pushed to the side, so the big names can say, look at me, I believe in this too. But it's coming from the place where it was emanating the most. So it's like, um, you know, and and that's just one example. I mean, it's happening in every form of everything right now. So, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I just, I'm probably going to say a little more things outrageous than you do, because... You work in that industry, and I've just been a fan of it, so my opinions can't hurt me. But I would never want anything that could, you know, mess with you, I guess.
1: Yeah, you know, and here's the thing, and also this is another sign of the climate. What you say can hurt me. And uh, I'm not saying for you not to say it. I- I'm just saying let's, let's be true about what's going on throughout social media and uh, the comics industry. So you, if you follow me on Twitter and get into an argument with somebody, you know, a one degree of separation away from me, commenting on something I said, there are people that will attribute that to you. You know, it's
0: right. just,
1: you know, it's like, oh, well, this person followed you and you didn't take because you were busy doing your job and drawing or writing or whatever job may be. Well, you should have been monitoring your social media feed 24-7 and policing people. <laughs> like, what?
0: Yeah, that's no crazy. For
1: that. No one has time for that. So, you know, when, when the ILO uh, bubble is so large in an industry, it doesn't take much for them to attribute negative things to you, you know, and then they say, okay, well you're not going to take responsibility for a stranger you never met saying something you never heard.
2: Right. (laughs) You know? Right.
1: So we're just going to go ahead and punish you because if we punish them, nobody, it doesn't matter. And how they punish you is not generally that they fire you. They just don't hire you back. You know, a lot of us are in freelance uh, situations. Right. So, you know, very much becomes a mum's the word (laughs) on everything. So...
2: See, and that's crazy because talent is talent. It shouldn't matter what they believe when they're not on your clock. it's no
1: longer about merit.
2: (laughs) That sucks.
1: So, that, goodbye. But these are things that can change. Uh, You know, how do we fix the industry? We have to identify, uh, and I don't say you or me. Right. uh, You know, this is something that has to happen from the top. And you have to say, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) You know, when did... Sitting on our fandom become acceptable. So let's identify everybody who took a big dump on uh, fans, told them not to buy their books and work for a mainstream industry, and then that mainstream industry has to say we recognize this person. You know, has done this, and they are going to be handled in whatever whatever way. You know, we see that, but it has to be known that this is being taken care of. So. Um, back to the comics journalism bit, all all a comics journalist has to do is go through the Twitter feed of these people and expose them. And when they say there's no agendas and stuff like that, sure, some people, probably not. Others, absolutely. There are people in this industry who work in it today who have gone and and again, because of the climate, the ideological bubble that is Taking over the industry. They have said, one, you vote for Trump, we're going to know who you are. Wow. They said that pre election. Yeah, yeah. So you have to say, well, who's we? (laughs) So, well, I'm assuming because you work in the comic industry, you're saying your industry because I don't care what you and your personal friends think. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. So, and then there's others that have, again, gone on there and blatantly joked about breeding white people out of america yep (laughs) so now do you think that that would be acceptable if shoes go on the other foot at all
2: no but unfortunately how quick do you you think a person would be fired if they said that right but here's the thing unfortunately i've seen it over the past couple years is you know white racism is perfectly acceptable you know, Perfectly, it. Yeah. You know, I mean, stand-up comedy's been doing it for years. You know, where uh, white people aren't well endowed, white people can't dance, white people can't this, white people talk in high nasally voices, white people this, white people yeah. this, white people I, this, I, I and that was comedians, fully acceptable. I, I give comedians leeway. Right. No one has to be held to joke.
1: I like Richard Pryor. I like. But the uh, problem
2: I, is, is that now it's become instead of being in jest on a comic stage, it's become. Completely acceptable for anyone to say it without the intent of being funny. Um, yeah, well, you know. You, got,
1: you gotta be able to let people, like, especially comedians, be able to say some crazy fucking shit.
2: And so, that's what's sad to me is a I, lot of I,
1: I the. Leave that there,
2: a lot of the. What ba-
1: these other people are saying on uh, their Twitter feeds and stuff like that. That's not inspired by comedy. Right. That's inspired by. Racism (laughs) But but that's what I mean In a lot of cases Because in a lot of cases It's uh, white people Who are saying these things So because they feel They need to be the ones Who speak up Against their own race And you know Whatever Hey more power to you But when you start saying You want to start Breeding out white people That's when you lose your job When you say You want to uh, You're going to be Keeping track Of who votes for Trump That's when you lose your job
2: Right, and, and, and that's what I was saying Like, in in the stand-up comedy world It's always been there, and it's fine Now, there is a double standard there Because if a white comic got up there And started doing the opposite to any other race um, He'd get, uh, you know, kramer out of his career But, um Well, hey, kramer that's not uh, say anything funny <laughs> No, but I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it would happen but, but, that, but, I mean, it belongs there Because, you're right, stand-up comics Always need to be free to say whatever they want my concern with that is that a lot of the left-wing comics are starting to say what can and can't be funny. So you don't get to be crass and vile and everything to build your career but then close the door behind you to everyone else because that's not fair. But what what I was saying is, you know, is that now jokes or things that were jokes that were legitimately funny have become serious statements that now everybody seems to be allowed to say as long as it's against you know white yeah. people so and and they say reverse discrimination it's not it it's racism plain and simple yeah. the The no, problem I've is is the white yeah. is for me is the mainstream wide acceptance of it by and large by all entertainment mediums, and mm-hmm. it puts a narrative out there that not everybody is going to separate from their entertainment to their real life, and it breeds the kind of stuff that we're seeing now when people truly engage with each other, not just on social media. But when they truly engage with each other, those things, you know, for years on commercials and movies, you know, uh, there was some sort of change, I guess, in the 90s or early 2000s. And suddenly every husband and every father became a doddering idiot, just, you know, a dodo of a human being. And now the public perception is that men are stupid. See, so it, it starts in entertainment, but then it bleeds over. And I see that happening you know, with with a, with a lot of stuff, and it's just it's there's this weird like singular cookie cutter mold that you have to fit in to a get along on social media most of the time, and B I think to break into or to work in the industries like you work in, you know every form of entertainment, um, and you know that that's just as fascistic as what that side is screaming about that they're dealing with on a daily basis and i just i want to see i want to see the things that i've always loved be left alone you know i mean have diversity of course tell whatever stories you want of course but remember that you're telling a story that's going to be released to everybody and not everybody needs to be alienated. Not everybody needs to be constantly lectured to about how, you know, dumb they are if they believe a certain way and both sides do that. You know, you hear the word libtard get thrown around a lot and then you see the left go back and say anybody who's not left just wasn't educated enough. So they're obviously ignorant. Yeah. It, there's just, I I like, I like, you know, uh...
1: I think the the delivery device is uh, always important. You know, you have to have tact and you have to uh, do things in an intelligent way, Uh, which brings me to my next point, which is uh, writers suck. (laughs) They're embarrassing. They're an embarrassment to uh, this industry. Um, Look at artists, right? So if you're a mainstream artist and your goal has always been to be working for the big two and stuff like that, your goal... Essentially has always been to be Jim Lee. Jim Lee, Brian Hitch, one of these really great, fantastic right. so the artists the artist really has to push themselves up. And they got they have to do their best to compete and get up to that Jim Lee level. So the artists are inspired, they're passionate, they're moving. And uh now for writers, everybody nobody gives a fuck. It's it's like prescriptions <laughs> descriptions these days are uh, someone's face is gonna be punched by the book. What? Shut the fuck up! And uh, <laughs> the uh, the writing level has just gone so terribly bad. But where they should be going for is Alan Moore.
2: Oh my god! Why yeah, dude.
1: Well, every book well, you don't have to be Alan Moore, but every story, especially in this market. Okay, a lot of my points are that this market is so bad right now. It's so weak. It's so frail. You need to be doing your best, one hundred percent, to bring people back and to bring more people in. And the writers that come in, they either don't really care about superheroes. I mean, a lot of it is shown, right? And uh, they don't care about uh, you know even the ideas. You know the you grow up reading these books and, you know, they motivate you to, when you go into whatever field you choose, to hopefully be a better person, and you know, you see somebody fall, you lift them up, and, you know, you open a door for an elderly person, <laughs> you know?
0: Right, hopefully exactly, yeah, that person. right.
1: And uh, not, not to say parents don't have a part in that, you know, but that's what a lot of the superhero tropes are, you know, the reinforcement of good values and All this stuff. But a lot of people that come in here, nowadays, they don't care. They don't care about superheroes. They come from the indie indie market. They detest superheroes, but this is where they get paid. This is where the money is going to come to them and the notoriety, the the people. And that's why as soon as they get that platform, they say, how do I tell all these people off that I really despise? (laughs) You know? Right. I finally got a chance. I always hated these superhero fans.
2: Your hero's a Nazi now. Yeah, your hero's a Nazi now. Every time he thought he was doing something heroic, he was really a Nazi the whole time. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, not to put, but you know, uh, both both of the big two are doing that with their superheroes. You know, I've had other people on and talked about. You know, and then the the DC movies, I think, are the biggest offenders of this. Is since when did having superpowers require a prescription to Xanax for how depressing it is to be a superhero? And, you know, the, the DC movies, not the comics so much, but the movies, I think, are the biggest, you know, proponents of that. Is like, oh, well, I'm Superman, everything sucks, and all oh, this and all that, might as well take, you know, my Prozac so I can smile for the camera type. And, you know, like, every superhero now is so friggin' depressing. And both of the big houses are doing that. It, it's, it's, their conflicts... When I, you know, when I was younger and I'm 36, I've been reading them forever. The conflicts were, were against an enemy or, you know, and there were internal struggles, you know, Tony Stark's always struggled with alcoholism and, you know, Banner and not being able to really be close to people or it being bad when he gets close to people or Swamp Thing, even more Swamp Thing was so, such a tragic character, but it was an organic tragedy. Today, it's just like, everything sucks. Because there is no good and evil, because everything's in a gray area, and if it's in the gray area, your heroes aren't really heroes, and your villains aren't really villains, so why the hell do they even get up in the morning, put on their outfits, and punch each other? Because they're just as crappy as the people they're fighting against in some ways.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, When you look at a film like 300, I always say that 300 is a good example of how to do uh, as bare bones of a really good comic, meaning that... You know, the enemy is not over-explained. Hey, they're trying to rule the world, and you're fighting for freedom, and you go in there. But the the good thing about that is that you can get behind the Spartans, and you can start rooting for them. And you're like, yeah, everything the bad guys stand for, that's evil. (laughs) You know? So it's a very uh, satisfying film book, you know, because you get a root for the good guys. You don't feel bad for the the, uh, bad guys. And now, yeah, because everything is like, well, he kind of had a reason for what he did, you know. And that good guy is in it because I thought he was, you know, the uh, the deconstruction of superhero to the point of who gives a fuck. <laughs> so.
2: Right. Like, I mean, you know, antiheroes were cool, like with the crow book. And, you know, like there were a couple of indie books where the antihero stuff was kind of cool, but they, they were like singular stories. And now it's just, it's bled over into everything. Well, yeah,
1: again, I think that, you know, it's a pendulum. Right. So, again, when sales are this low, you need to start getting your stuff back to the core of what it is. You know, superheroes need to be heroes. Bad guys need to be completely freaking evil. And let people get that full satisfaction of that read, you know, especially when you're like, we're going to bring in a kid audience. And it's like, Why they're not even know who the good guy is, you know, other than his name's on the cover. So, no, you have to uh, you have to push back, and then once everything becomes a bit stable again, then you can start getting back into the more experimental stuff, but not at the expense of the the really really good stuff that people are coming in. So, but uh, yeah, so the writing bar is very low in comics. Uh, The stories are. By and large, crap. And not saying there aren't good writers out there doing good things, there are. But with the industry where it is, you need to, you need to find, and it, it's like um, having passion in this industry for the characters is almost frowned upon. I don't know if it's like people are threatened with their jobs and stuff, but when you have people that have, that are just a fire in their belly to tell a really good story, Editorial has to step aside. They have to say this is a good. This is a guy with something to tell. I'm going to be there to make sure the eyes are dotted and tees across. But otherwise, and, and nothing gets pornographic. Right, of but course. Other than that, let this guy go, and I'll talk to you in a month. <laughs> so, but it's not. It's uh, very much. Uh, my understanding is from writing. You know, it's editorial phone calls emails everything's everyone's got to be completely 100 percent involved in this and it's like we're, we're very close to getting editorial as like lead or coast story credit <laughs> so
2: yeah and that's uh, never good micromanaging never it it quells productivity and it crushes creativity
1: yeah well you don't know it does Kevin king doesn't want to share credit with his you know his editor right exactly they, you know, yeah
2: if it wasn't for this guy telling me what I couldn't put in the book, it never would have been as good as it was. Yeah. Yeah, you never you hear that byline. Hear <laughs> What's that? Yeah, so you never hear that byline.
1: Yeah. But when, when it comes to uh, measuring out the amount of cleavage going into a book or how much thigh is being shown, that's where we've gotten, we, 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 we've lost, lost the script.
2: Well, Jim Lee Psylocke would have sent them to an emergency room then.
1: Oh, what, a, a great <laughs> Power Girl today? Right. So, you know, there's characters out there that, you know, and they even tried it with Wonder Woman, you know. They, not too long ago, they had her getting jeans on. And it's like, what's wrong with you guys? But
2: They're you know, doing that they, with Superman, too. He's in a T-shirt and... And jeans most of the time now. They're trying to get rid of the costume, or they were. I don't know if they changed that. Oh, uh, I know a, they
1: had that with uh, what? Are, Superboy, I think he was with the black shirt, red S. So I'm not. I'm, I'm not the most versed in.
2: Uh, no, I mean the like the, the 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 Superman run. They were trying to do the whole. He's just going to look like the common man in a Hanes V-neck and some Lee dungarees. Oh
1: yeah, see that's wrong. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: But that's okay. His first big fight was, you know, against um, a Donald Trump lookalike and a bunch of Republican supporters. That was like his big his big story arc was he was going after these anti-illegal immigrant people and he was punching regular, you know, punching regular humans with his super strength because they didn't believe what the left believes. And that's the kind of stuff that actually made me drop a bunch of books. You know, to be honest, I mean, almost to back up what you're saying, uh, I had a pull box at a local comic book shop. I haven't for a while, and I'll buy stuff here and there. Most of the stuff I'm buying is honestly the stuff from when I was younger, before all this stuff infiltrated it. I would. Uh,
1: yeah, I've, I've gone back to older stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah, like that, and that's me. And that's sad because the art and stuff is, is so beautiful now, and a lot of the books, the stuff that's able to be pulled off, is, is stunning and gorgeous but you know what i'd much yeah, rather have that,
1: like the uh, problem with uh, early image comics was that the art was really fantastic and the stories always sucked. yeah you
2: know, i have, have a lot have, of those i was a yeah, huge you have image to have kid
1: good, uh, story and you have to have good art and uh when i was a collector and collecting image um as, as soon as the good art was leaving i left So, you know, Todd stopped drawing Spawn, Rob, uh, was intermittent on anything Youngblood. And, uh, you know, once, once that, that the things that keep you there are, you know, becoming spotty, then you say, well, why do I stick around? So you need to have good story on top of good art. So if you lose one, hopefully whatever you get as a replacement isn't a, uh, on an equal level to the person that you lost but if it's not then hey you're riding on you know three tires on a flat
2: <laughs> so yeah i've actually that. i've actually been turned off by books you know and, and not just with what we're talking about with the current climate i've i mean me as a as an actual buyer as a customer i've been uh turned off on books when artists changed and i didn't like the uh The art style. Um, You know, not that it was... If it looked shoddier, it kind of took me out of it because you get used to reading a story and you get used to what you're looking at because in your mind, the art that's... The movie you're playing is the art you're looking at. It's not the words in the bubbles you're reading. And if that art gets shoddier or somebody, like, has a deep desire to put their own style on it, and you go from one issue, and then you buy the next month issue, and it's a completely different thing. It's jarring, and you kind of like, oh, "What the crap happened? Why is his face yeah, look off?" I, I, I
1: just like a clean break after an arc. Like, I'll take that. You know, right? But it yeah, tells something. definitely. What's
2: that? No, I was agreeing with you. I said, "Yeah, definitely."
1: Oh yeah, right, yeah. But you know, there's a lot of. Uh, Uh, good things.
0: There and are comics
1: still, so there are. Um, but you have to, you have to. Uh, back to how do we fix it? Is uh, like I was saying, how they use indies as like a farm team, and you bring in the indie artists into the mainstream, and they don't really want to develop that next generation of artists in order to, in order to get that quality artist that comes in and does the next arc. You, know, you don't want it to just be some indie guy. You need someone that's born and bred superhero but you gotta get them in the system. So what Marvel should be doing or D C or whatever, they need to be either going into the conventions and finding these superhero dynamic artists and putting them on smaller books for a year. And giving them, give them a mission statement, be like, Hey guys, we're gonna pay you to learn, you know, you're going to have a year, maybe two years on these lesser known things, but we're going to stick with you guys, we're going to work with you guys, and if you guys get up to a certain level, we're going to start moving you up, we're going to get you on better titles, we're going to get you better pay, we're going to really work with you guys and put in a commitment to you, because you're going to be the next generation of guys. So when these guys go through these one year, two year, whatever, apprenticeships, or, uh What are these learning processes? Then when somebody steps off a book, you say, okay, well, we've already built up your name over the last two years, and we got you up to a certain level. We're going to hope that everything we've taught you, even if you still have some deficiencies, is going to be enough to keep everybody on board. So, you know, you find these superhero-inspired artists that are clearly, they're not terrible. I mean, you're not hiring the worst guys. I mean, you have to to be at a certain level to get in the door So, But that way you start building up strong, superhero, dynamic, commercial artists. And commercial is like the big word. It's there to sell. It's there to catch your eye. It's there to be designed and worked with and be impactful to you. Storytelling, good camera shots, all this stuff. And then you we're gonna, You guys are going to be the next generation. But what happens is you're, you're lucky to find an, a superhero artist in the end the field. You know, like a real superhero artist. Right. So, um, you know, because they're telling stories about fairies and, <laughs> I, I don't know, whatever, uh, uh, horned, whatever, horned hookers, I don't
2: know. Uh, Yeah, I know know what you're talking, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you have to start building back up your own industry, your own stable of artists, and uh, because you can only cannibalize from back forth Marvel DC for so long,
2: the top guys in the industry are 50 years old. (laughs) Right, they they are going to age out.
1: Yeah, they're going to age out. They're going to say, I think I'm done. So you're going to keep paying them so much money, at some point you're going to say, eh you got to bring in the next guys. So where are all the next guys? Well, you've turned them all the way because when they were showing up at your door, instead of there being an open slot on a very low-selling book to encourage a superhero artist to grow, you gave it to an indie guy who's drawing airplane manuals and has no motivation at all to
2: grow. Right.
1: So it it, it hurts. And then it hurts the uh, fan base because if you're a consumer or... Uh, a fan, and you go to your comic shop, and you look around, you know, you buy your regular three, four titles, but then you're always willing to give something else, you got an extra, you know, four bucks in your pocket, and you want to give something else a chance, so you look at, whatever, a certain title, but maybe it's drawn like an airplane manual, but it's Marvel, and you're like, eh, through that. <laughs> you know? So you go over to the indie thing and then you go find that, you know, the horn hooker and you're like, okay, at least this is gonna be off the wall batshit crazy, even if the art isn't you know, this big, dynamic everything. So the mainstream guys need to ensure that they're getting every last dollar that they can from the mainstream audience. So you need to you need to have Whatever rock stars you got, promote everybody as best as you can to keep that fan buying your book, right? And not going over to the indie stuff because when you turn a mainstream company off, uh, when, when you make them look like an indie company, do not be surprised when your sales reflect that of an indie company because you have whittled down your audience where they say, oh, I'll just buy the indie shit, <laughs> or I'll leave, or I just won't be here because I'm 20, 30, 40 years old, and I just have no time, you know, and my, my normal brand that I buy, if it's not telling me directly in the book that I'm not wanted, you can go on to social media and you can get contacts from those career- creators who will tell you that you're not wanted. Right. So at some point, you at some point you say, "I understand," <laughs> and you stop buying either comics altogether, or you stop buying those brand of comics.
2: So. Now see, I remember. To I remember a time, and it's when the bias became really clear to me. I remember a time when you know Marvel. Uh, You know, and I'm naming the name, not the guest, so everybody calm down. Uh, When Marvel rushed to put, you know, our previous president in every issue, and the heroes were so honored to meet him, and da-da-da, and you know what? Didn't vote for the guy, but it didn't bother me, because I'm, I guess, a fully functioning adult. So to see... Because it's your universe. Right, but, but to see a political... Figure in the books didn't bother me, right? And it was in a positive light, and I probably would have said that's really not a good idea if it had been in a negative light. Um, but what I see is the same house and the other houses, you know, not just the two big ones, but all of them. You know, you see the current if the current president is in a comic, it's either as a mutated monster. Um, or, you know, he's the most evil thing in any universe, makes Lex Luthor look like, you know, the gentle puppy farmer down the street who gives all the kids candy with no ulterior motive. And so it, it, and it doesn't bother me either because it's a free, it's a free, it's a free market medium. I don't have to buy it. I'm not required to ingest that if it, if it won't be something that I care to give my money to. But it's very clear to to maybe a casual customer or someone else to be like, oh, okay, so Democrat president, awesome, in all the books, thumbs up. Everybody's crying when they meet him. Spidey, huge response, thumbs up, arm over the bro hug type thing. But you know yep. the the guy, and I'm talking, you know, like flyover country, the entire middle of the country that gets neglected. Constantly until yeah, there's an election.
1: As, as a person in an apple system, you need to be sure and aware of your biases, and you need to be sure that you uh, put out as wide arms as possible around your audience, and you say, look, we understand that we gave you know Barack Obama X amount of time in our books, and it was all in a positive thing. And now that we have the other guy in there, in order to make sure that we're not being unfair... We're going to try to do the same thing with this guy, and that's a hundred percent accurate. Is that uh, you know?
2: Or don't be do aware it at all. Your
1: biases, <laughs> be aware of your biases and do your best to do a good job and tell really good stories about this guy. The very, the most popular fictional character in the United States is always going to be the President of the United States of America. Right. Always. These guys are. All liars. They're every. You know, they're all garbage. They're, they're all. They've all been essentially terrible. Well, at least in my lifetime.
2: Yeah, uh, mine too. I'm not a Trump. I'm not a Trump guy. So don't worry about but saying who gets I'm not. The,
1: uh, the most attention daily, right? Right. If you're not utilizing Trump in your comic books, um, hopefully in a fair way, then you're missing out on a huge opportunity. Every time there's a new president, he might as well be the newest Mickey Mouse. So you can do that, and you can handle every president in a highly intelligent way and make them part of your stories Uh, legally. I don't think there's any way they can sue you with a uh, public official. So you do a good job, and uh, I had actually pitched that we would uh, use Captain America working for Donald Trump this is one of my few pitches I actually got a response on it it was a no so well, yeah <laughs> but what I was going what, what I what I wanted to do was I wanted to have Captain America be put in this position to work with Trump and uh use Trump as kind of a, what he what he turned out to be you know he's this either or guy of contradictions but how do you, as a soldier, work with this person? Do your duty, and what's that message that comes across? You know, how, how, how does all how does the American system work? You know, so you're you're a loyal loyal soldier, and you go out there and you do what may be good or bad things, but to treat Donald Trump as carefully as possible without making him look like a bad guy, and maybe not necessarily a good guy, but because
2: he's not
1: that stirs the drink right exactly is the most interesting fictional character in the united states so you put him in a book and not only that but if you trigger donald trump with your book he tweets about it <laughs> and, then so, huh? yeah.
2: and then literally yeah and then literally everybody you so you get them? right well here's the thing is is no matter which way the tweet goes you win Because if he comes out in favor of it, the entire right wing, who's probably never bought a comic book in their life, will go and buy it so they can put it on their social media and be like, hell yeah, Marvel and Trump. And then, you know, if if he tweets against it, then the left wing goes out, even if they've never bought a book before, and they buy it and they put it on their social media. And they're like, yeah, see, we told you Trump sucks. Like, (laughs) like you you win. Like, either way. You can give people enough
1: sense on both sides. Right. Exactly. You know, again, this is you know intelligent writing, you know, to the best of your ability, and you say, "How do I handle this fictional character? Right. How and do then I make him interesting. How do I make him a character, not just a hollow drawing on a page? But how do I do my best to make him fully rounded?
2: Right. And that's what I mean. Like if the if if you know if the publisher were to look at the big picture, and it does get a response." No matter which side of the aisle he goes on, you're going to get a huge response either from that side or a huge response in either retaliation or rejoicing from the other side. But in the middle, <coughs> if you just tell a good story, your loyal customer stays and just reads your good story.
1: So yeah, you don't if you lose. successfully ride the wave in the middle, right. you could have one of the most successful books of modern time. I mean, this is Captain America a hallmark of Americans and the president of the United States and basically a lethal weapon, <laughs> uh, buddy cop, I mean, <laughs> but not getting along so great uh, story. right? So anyways, my point is that, yeah, there's definitely a bias in that, you know, a company leading to the left. I don't think that's uh, any great news um, or earth-shattering in any way. But uh, it's when the other voices are being drowned out. And when that's happening, uh, creativity is being lost. And all that they can think about is, well, who's going to be the next guy that gets punched in the face? And that's the wrong thinking. Get back to building these characters strong. Make the good guys good, the bad guys bad. Uh, Keep Marvel or... Whatever major company, diverse as as they've all been. I mean, I, I can't think of any company uh, that hasn't been really.
2: And, and that's what uh, I said at the beginning. Like to me, comics were always the most diverse form of entertainment, more so than video games.
1: Yeah, but the S C W need a battle to win. <laughs> so right when, when you if they don't proclaim these, then they have no power. So they must they have to pro- pro- proclaim that these things exist or. think is kind of going on with these people and uh, why I say they need to get out because there and this is anyone that goes far left anyone that goes far right when you're spouting racism and how you blatantly will not hire people based on political wings so when you get to that point it needs to be said and it needs to be handled but uh, the SAW in particular because they're their whole MO is that they want to proclaim to you for, for not listening to them as that you're the racist, sexist, homophobe, you know, etc. Yep. So, what happens is, so they go to college, they learn all these wacky ideas, they go home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all this stuff. After these ideas have been buried in their head, they want to be able to tell everybody how smart they are. So, they go home, they see their family, extended family, Even through social media, at some point, most of these people, I promise you, have told either good friends of theirs or close family members of theirs that they are racist, sexist, homophobes, and they've cut off ties with these people. They've they've basically declared them Nazis, their own family, their own friends, just like a cult. Mm So what happens is... Now you go to your gay job where everybody is pretty much on the same boat. You are. They all went home to their families. Told down their racist, sexist, homophobic. Believe me, this is not just act then in a Twitter vacuum. Okay, these guys are expounding their religion upon the world. They have the choice. They
2: must. I did say and I had and, a uh, twenty-year-old, right? <laughs> so what's that? I said I did say at the beginning I have a twenty-year-old so Uh, don't send him or her to college no they haven't but what's sad is they don't need to anymore um her phone and the internet have told her everything wrong with me and my wife uh in fact there was a huge you know blowout in our house yesterday over what happened with hawaii uh devolved Mm -hmm. into the devolved into this whole thing where you know people ended up screaming at each other and i left the room to go play video games (laughs) until it was over but i mean so yeah i mean it it is i I mean if if you look at if you look at what was getting published as articles was you know i saw stuff go by me that people sent to me or that i saw on my own you know how to survive (coughs) your uninformed family this thanksgiving how to spend Christmas with a Trump supporter in your family, how to this, how to that with a such-and-such such in your family. And it's like it's like you're basically training these people to literally hate everybody.
1: You are, absolutely. And that's crazy. And uh, to, to finish my point, is once you've told everybody in your family, or not everybody, but you've told,
0: you've yeah. told certain
1: key members of your family, your friends... That they're racist and they're scum of the earth. That becomes very hard for you, especially as a 20 something year old, whatever, to walk back. You know, it's really hard to say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I was dramatic. But put in the context, they're not just wrong, they're racist wrong. They are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they will find out if they ever look in the mirror that they are the very things they hate or think they hate, but they've been brainwashed. They don't even realize that they're being racist or sexist every time they say single or a uh, single uh, white straight male, right? That's racist, that's sexist, that's everything they stand against. Yep. But they justify it. They justify it by uh, what I can, what I call unbalanced scales. So we say, well, you oppressed women, you being men, oppressed women for a million years. We're just getting a little payback, payback. <laughs> you know? And I say no, that's not fair because we understood that these oppressions were wrong. So we're we're gonna we're gonna give you balanced scales, and everything's gonna be left in the past, and we're gonna move forward hand in hand as best as we can. But they don't want un- they don't want balanced scales. They work through unbalanced scales. When you do this, this is opening the doors to like a complete evil because they're they're saying in defense of. Uh, People not being racist, I'm going to be racist and in defense of people not being sexist, I will be sexist. And I'll use this as a weapon against
2: you. And usually so, far more sexist and racist than the people I'm arguing with because the oh yeah, people you're oh yeah. arguing with usually just have a difference of opinion. They are not a racist trying to recruit you to be a racist. They are telling you no, you're going down the wrong path so you end up being a much more vile human being to them than what you think you're facing. And that's sad yeah. to me. And, you know, I mean, but look, the right can fall into it just as much. And that's why I do not champion them or put them over anyone else. Yeah, the, I
1: don't tolerate racism from the far right either. And yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's, it's far left and it's far right. But in our, uh, what we deal with in the comic industry, it's clearly a left problem more than a right problem.
2: And, it is, uh, it is.
1: And I, and I say that as a moderate, so...
2: I think the middle just needs to seize control again in everything. Not just in comics and not just in entertainment, but the middle, you know, the, that whole silent majority comment that that I've heard since I was a kid, you know, the silent majority has spoken. No, they really haven't, and that's why both fringes are winning everything. Because the silent majority puts their head down and goes to work for the day and raises their family and just wants to live as good a life as they can. If they want to continue yeah, but- to... To be able to do that? The
1: a majority has never really accomplished much of anything. No. So I, I think that's historical. So, um, but, uh, again, to finish my point, yeah. when we have these SJWs that are in the book industry, they've already gone and they've told their families, screw you, they can't back down from that. Right. Because at some point they have to look in the mirror and say, oh my God, I was so fucking wrong. So they go back into work the next day, they're in an echo chamber that's just saying, hey, everything you're saying is great. Then they go out on Twitter, they're saying all these bad things, <laughs> terrible things, and it's hard to back down from that. At some point you understand the only real thing that you deserve is to be fired. So they defend themselves, they back they, they back each other up. There's a lot of uh, uh, hand-holding within the industry. They're all protecting each other, and if the, their worst fear is that they're going to have that mirror hold up, and they're all going to get fired the next day. Right. I, I think history is going to show, in the end, that you know, hey, you guys are racist, and uh, you said very terrible things uh, to your fans and all that stuff, and uh, only when they're removed from the uh, mainstream industry because they can they can thrive in the indie comics. I'm more than happy to let them go out there and tell their own (laughs) whatever fans to screw off there because, you know, indie comics are fickle anyways. So, even though they're, because of our own self-mutilation, we're now down to near indie sales. So, all the SJWs have to be identified, they have to be removed uh, from mainstream comics. um, Because they're just snakes in the grass, too. They're lying in wait. So, there's a guy, I've heard this before, um, diversity in comics, he said something like, uh, SJWs don't want power, they want influence. And I think he's 100% wrong. They want power. They want their guy in power, or girl, or whatever, in right. power. And <laughs> they want to take over every industry. So that's, why else would you weaponize racism, bigotry, bias, you're not going to use it. So they're going to get their own people in power and they're going to put their own message out. And if they can't get their own people in power, they're going to be sure if they're on their way out, they burn the house down. Right. So, yeah, I think that dude is 100% off, wrong, completely, when he says they don't want power. Because that's going to be the undoing of the industry. No, they had power, (laughs) you know? So they'll get it again. And I hope, I, I hope that people start realizing, and if people were to have one thing to say, it's one voice, it would be to decry that in mainstream comics, you locate the social justice warriors that have shown, because there's there's good ones out there too. So I'm sure there's plenty of people that want representation and everything else, I don't know, I guess they're just moderates, really, <laughs> you know? But they can do it, and they can ask for it without being uh, vicious and no. uh, or hateful. You know, every, you know who doesn't want women to have every right, and who doesn't want minorities to have every right and opportunity? I, I don't know anybody. So, but there's probably some good social justice warriors, maybe, maybe. But you have to locate the ones that have said vile things and get them the fuck out right now, and that. This cannot be put into a demand by the uh, online audience that it can't be put together as like a singular voice, singular punch to the industry and say just get these fuckers out now. Because they're poison. And they're going to push their poison because it's their religion. And you tell anybody to turn away from their religion, are they going to do it or are they going to double down? They're going to double down. Right, they're going to double down
2: and they're going to... Attack twice as hard.
1: Yeah, you've you already told your family to fuck off. <laughs> you know, you're, you're all in. This is, this is for everything or nothing. So they're not going to change. And uh, that's where, like, comics journalism journalists should be coming in, going through these Twitter feeds, identifying them, and then rubbing them in the face of the industry and say, what the fuck is this? Every time, loudly. And you'll be heard. So, but if if people can't get together and come to a basic agreement of what true sexism, racism, whatever, heterophobia, you know, I mean, all these things right. is going on, then this is, it's a poison pill. And it's just going to hurt, and it's going to eventually kill the industry. And then the, Social justice warriors—they will leave and they'll say, "Victory! <laughs> we broke down. We brought down the patriarchy from the inside." <laughs> so they're—they're they're gonna win. Yep. Just you know, like, what is their motivation for dropping sales? Well, they see it as beating the patriarchy. They don't give a fuck. They're socialists. In the end, they, they would be—they would be 100% content. A lot of them are socialists. Mm-hmm. They'd be a lot of, very highly content. Watch every industry, even the ones that are in, fail to the point that everyone says we want socialism. Just pay for us to do whatever the fuck we want or our assigned job or whatnot, and we're going to be happy because we're going to find utopia through this way. We're going to beat the patriarchy uh, and take control of every industry by accusations. And and, uh, I'm I'm totally against this public shaming thing. I clearly don't like uh, what these people have supposedly done, like Harvey Weinstein's and whatnot Yeah. at all. I I think all this stuff should have been brought to the police every time. Um, People need to be smart. Uh, You don't go to a hotel room for an interview.
2: Thank you. That's the first thing my wife said. As a woman, she was like, I wouldn't have gotten into the cab after the restaurant meeting to begin with. I wouldn't yeah. have agreed to meet you to talk about a movie part at any place other than A, the actual studio full of people, or B, a restaurant full of people. If you invite yeah. me to your hotel room to offer me the possibility of a multi-million dollar part, I'm going to pretty much assume what that multi-million dollar part going to cost me.
1: Yeah, they, they give people their own personal responsibility of an infant. Like, no, you're an adult. Uh, hopefully, or it's a much more serious charge. You're an adult. You know to leave a situation before it gets too hectic. And you need to deal with things when they happen. Make a report, because that report will go with another report. Even if you don't have proof, at least there's going to be uh, a trail going on. You know, if it takes years or whatever. But the person is eventually going to go to
2: jail. Well, what's sad now is that there's, you know, it's 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 getting to that point, but there's going to become a point where there's whole careers ruined by an allegation. Yeah. you know, Yeah, and, look what they're doing to Stan Lee. Yeah, oh, that um, one made me mad. And then, well, I mean, last night on Twitter, there's someone going after Aziz Ansari saying the same thing. And then you start looking at some of the comments today, and you read the full article, and the girl's like, it was multiple dates, we actually did, you know, things to each other, but it was still assault. So I'm still going to take him down for it, just because he it was, it was a crappy couple dates, but sure, I did things with him, and nothing was forced, but now it's assault, because it was a bad date.
1: My point on Stanley is very simple. I think that any accusation he's done is complete fucking terrible thing. Again, go to the cops. Don't keep sending right. emails to go work for him, but... The, my whole argument is that we cannot start saying it's okay to shame elderly people into the grave. You cannot hold 70-year-olds, 90 maybe a certain 70-year-old. But when you get to 95, pray to God that you are still intact of your mental faculties, 100%. Because if you are not, you can shame yourself and your entire family and your entire legacy Because at some point, your mind is starting to go. Now, maybe you can sit, and maybe you can have a conversation with Stan Lee. And while he's getting that stimulation, maybe Stan Lee is there and aware. But we don't know, because none of us are 95 years old, man. You know? Right. What happens to your brain when you're 95? Now, you take that same guy and you put him into where he's just sitting at home, the attention's gone. You you take a young person, I mean, you might have depression going on. You know, you become more into a dark place. Oh, I saw him last night. He was fine. Now he's depressed. But to a 95-year-old dude, and then all of a sudden he's got, you know, 20, 30-something-year-old chicks putting their hands on him, whatever, and then his mind might go to a dark place. But that might come with being 95. What you have to do is you have to handle that sort of thing privately. You need to deal with police. You need to...
2: Right. The public shaming,
1: the public shaming part is still not
2: okay. But you don't, that I'm I'm aware of with Stan Lee, you don't. That's the first I've ever heard anybody say anything. And the man, right, A, his age, and B, the dude's a freaking grieving widower. I guarantee you, if his wife was still alive, you would not have heard. I I don't even think he needs that as an No, No, but what I'm saying is I don't think you would have seen that come out.
1: I know. You know I don't know I'm not 95 right but <laughs> so I'm, I think that as you know human beings we have to we've lost something and we've definitely lost something when we looked at our elderly now as uh, uh, predators right <laughs> so
2: and not while they're very, younger but yeah
1: we need to be very careful about uh, what kind of people we become as human beings and if you don't think that we could turn into—and I'm not saying you—but anyone that might be listening to this, yeah, if you of you don't think that we couldn't turn into some highly vicious, uh, moral policing, Saudi Arabian public shaming, public hanging—every wor- worst aspect a human being could possibly be—you're wrong. All that has to happen is enough will in, enough, in a certain direction. Yep. And if you don't, uh, if you don't address these things. If you don't say, hey, 95, fucking put that in the private sector, dude, because I don't want to hear it. Not at all. I don't care if it's Stan Lee or your great-great-grandparent or my great-grandparent. I don't want to hear it. I want this stuff going to court. I want it to be nice and quiet. If you've been wrong, I want you to be heard. But I don't want you to go online, and I don't want you to publicly shame people, because not everything's legit. This one... Could very well be legit. I don't care. They're 95. What, what's their mental faculty? <laughs> you know? The mind is very important. And if we don't consider that and we just say he's a he's a fucking white man, just another one, just another Harvey Weinstein, no, yep. no way. You can't do that with the elderly. You want to do that, you're, you're going down a very bad path. So... Yep. Uh, and, you know, Where is everybody defending Stan Lee? (laughs) Where's everybody coming out and saying, hey guys, you know? Look, because if you do it, if you do it, and if people take you out of context, your career can be over.
2: And that's why I think you don't see it. I think most people are too scared.
1: Yeah, because everybody knows what's really out there in terms of the uh, social justice warriors being in charge.
2: Right, but aren't they supposed to be against fascism? And that's my ironic point to that whole thing. Everybody's, you know, everybody's too scared to to be honest anymore. It's just, well, whatever yeah. they say, we'll, we'll do that, even if they don't believe it. And that's what's sad is how many people right now are living, uh, you know, with their principles buried, so that they just don't get their dick kicked in on a daily basis by a bunch of, you know, hysterical adult children who've never really accomplished much in their own lives, but because they have this media machine behind them, and not just comics, but the media machine is clearly taking their side, that they get to just run carte blanche all over other human beings while they scream about how much we need to have tolerance, open-mindedness, and that fascism is evil. And they get to just dick kick everybody all day long, unchecked. I mean, that's when I get
1: mad. they know that their friend who sits next to them in their adjacent cubicle or... And their, their co-worker, they know that that person, especially in media, whatever, has a knife ready to stick in their back the moment you say the wrong thing.
2: And how sad is so, that? In this that, land of freedom. That's
1: how vicious uh, these people are. They will, they, will, they will kill you because to kill you is to put them higher up on their pedestal. Yep. So they can be your best friend. But once you say something goes against the religion...
2: It's burn the heretic time all over again.
1: Well, this is how you progress in uh, industry.
0: That's sad, Eventually, man.
1: you're, you're going to go for the big chair. <laughs> it goes back to that diversity in comics. Uh, yeah, yeah, they want power. If you keep saying they don't, you're only really helping them. They, they have every desire for power from top to bottom over everybody's life. It is not just influence. That is ridiculous.
2: No, I totally agree with you. I, I never read that article, but as soon as you said it out, no. They want to run yeah. the show. And they yeah. think they know better than everybody else who ever lived how that show needs to be run. So,
1: we need to make the industry better. We need to find the uh, people, and it's not hard to find them. We, uh, this industry turns blind eyes because it can. Uh, when people are saying, uh, eat my ass. So when that happens, deal with it, and you got to you, you got to start doing something at least publicly, saying, "Hey, this person was removed because their behavior is not consistent with what we expect from our professionals." So when when they do not do this and they just try to let everything go away quietly, it does no it does no good. It, it makes the uh, the buying fans, the fans with the money, just reaffirms them more that there's
2: nothing that's going to be done. So, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I seem to see a lot of the, well, your time has passed, old man, kind of comments thrown at people like me. You know, yeah. it's, not your, it pa- it's not your Marvel anymore, old man. If you want everything to stay the same, why are you so scared of change? And then, of course, you get the, you misogynist, racist, this, 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 and this, and you're like... I just said not to retcon a character that's been around for seventy years, but you can go on that diatribe if it makes you feel better. But you know, I, yeah, I, no, and, <laughs> and that's something else is notice when you argue with
1: them, they they they, they stick and move, stick and move, stick and move, because they want to ha- they want to hammer you from every angle with every different un- unprepared thought. Then eventually they they win just by you saying I can't answer every fucking one of these in ten minutes because I got to go back to my job. Or when you get frustrated no. and you're
2: like, you know what, dude? You know, frick you. I'm done arguing with you. It's like arguing with a wall. Oh, what's the matter, dummy? Didn't have enough words. You You didn't get enough education to, to see what I'm talking. Yeah, and it, he, there's a part of me be, being ex-military and being such an anti-bully when I was growing up. Because, I mean, I, I mean, I've had, you know, Cal Dodd, who was the voice of Wolverine for the X-Men, the animated series on. And I told him how much of an impact that Batman and Wolverine had on me as a kid. I was always small and skinny and that's, why well, that doesn't happen anymore. But, um, you know, I had all these things and I got picked on for years and I finally had enough and it was reading stuff like Batman and X-Men and that informed me that it's not okay to be bullied. And then when I finally stood up for myself, it inspired me to stand up for other people. So the fact that the left has pretty much just become a giant bully, I I get angry when I talk to them and I know... You don't win a fight with anger. And I do try even-tempered approaches, but no even-tempered approach gets listened to because they literally don't listen to what you say. They have a set list that they go down of what they're going to say no matter how that conversation goes. And it's all yeah, hypothetical bullcrap or questions that don't have good answers. And they get to crow and run around like they won something. And it just it makes my teeth hurt. And then to
1: finish my point is... Uh how you beat them in these conversations is you pin them down on the first thing you, you were talking about, the first gripe. You don't let them drag the conversation out to other directions. You pin them down, and you dogpile on that singular comment, and you you rub their nose in how indefensible it is, because all, all they know to do is stick and move, stick and move, stick and move. So I don't know if you saw what my comments were when Bleeding Cool ran that article. But I pinned the guy down on a conversation, made him look like an idiot, and then I I dropped out. I had nothing more to say to the guy. You have to just get in there, focus, and don't let them steer you down tangents because they will just go on and on and on. Hammer down one single point to what they're saying, and when they try to steer it, say no get back to what we're talking about. And they'll try to steer it again. And they say, no, get back to what we're talking about until that is resolved. So, that's the trap. That's what they do all the time. I've seen it plenty of times and the only way you can handle it is pin them down and rub their nose in it. And then you can go on to the next tangent if you have that kind of energy. I don't. (laughs) Right, yeah,
2: if you even want to bother with it. But, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think it's too far gone yet. Um, I think the industry can be saved. I think a lot of a lot of this country's... I think everything can still be saved. I don't think it's gone too far, definitely, to the right. And I still don't think it's gone too far to the left, even though sometimes it looks that way. Um, I think it's people like you and I who can keep a level head, which is the majority of the people... I mean, really, if you think about it, at the end of the day, everybody just, they kind of want the same thing. Everybody in the middle. You know, the left wants the entire world to burn because they think that, you know, the killing fields of Cambodia is something to aspire to. And the right thinks that the, you know, Twilight Zone creepy white picket fence villages can come back from, you know, the, the birth of the atomic era where they think the country can go back to that again. And I think the people in the middle just want to live good lives and be the best that they can be at what they do and have people around them that love them and everything else. And I think the people in the middle need to start asserting more control over the narratives. And when they do that, I think it'll take some of the you know, wind out of the sails on uh, the left think, and right. I think uh, things can get better, but I'll end all this
1: on just a warning don't under them. don't underestimate what they are capable of. Never. So when we see this industry should we see this industry continue to fall, I mean, you need to know who's at the helm. Right. And to a large degree it's the far left. And uh, I think that if they're not addressed I think a lot depends on this year. I mean, really, the in 2018, the goals of this year should be to remove ideologues from positions of power being uh, editorial because you, hire, you are in charge of the hiring and firing, and also uh, you have a large degree of influence on the stories that are being told. So you need to get rid of these ideologues and uh, – you, the industry as a whole needs to work to improve the uh, fan creator relations that were uh, ruined or destroyed over the last year or two. So if we can do those things, it could be really good for comics still. And if not, it could just be a prolonged agony. Um, but hopefully we're at the bottom and uh, but I don't want, I don't want this industry to stay at the bottom. I want it to go back up. You know, we need 100,000 sales all over and uh, better. And to do that, you need to to sharpen steel with steel. So you need to get better artists on top of better artists. And once you have an environment of highly commercial superhero artists working for Marvel Comics again or uh, other industries, uh, other companies, superhero companies specifically, you'll see an improvement. But it needs to be steel sharpening steel. And uh, the other people should go to the indie industry and work on that and do their projects and whatnot. And if we can save the uh, mainstream superhero industry, I would love to see more indie people coming back in. But I think that we've turned uh, mainstream comics largely into a independent comic book company. Uh, you know, Vertigo, essentially. Hmm. So... It, ha- it has to be fixed. You know, if you want your books to look like Vertigo, then expect a Vertigo audience. And, uh, this is mainstream superhero comics, so we need big dynamic action, art, uh, bombastic, everything blowing off the page, knocking everybody's eyeballs out, and, uh, you know, leave the, uh, airplane manuals for the airplanes for now. And, uh, eventually we'll make this a better industry, and we'll open more, hopefully more, open more imprints. I'd love to see, uh, Places like Marvel open up imprints that are doing more uh, literature-type stuff, or books that are non-superior geared towards uh, children, like uh, you know just fairy tales, or you know like old-school Disney, but get like Steve McNiven to do it. You know, very artistic right um, uh, comics or illustrated books or works of art. They don't have to be comics. they could be, you know. Uh, just like you read for kids, a hardcover child's book with great art on the inside, no superheroes, but maybe knight in shining armor that eventually you could argue and say, Disney, look, we're making your next fairy tales. So, um, I'd like to see horror, like very graphic. I'd like to see uh, like the, uh, um, some noir stories, like some Marvel doing like Sin City, something, you know, Adult and gree, and uh, you know, well, there's kind of nudity in Sin City, but let's do that. But we'll do those in imprints. You know, let's broaden up everything we can do and focus on getting these, you know, certain materials out on bookstores, like at Walmart or whatever, like sitting next to the next uh, Stephen King novel. So, I, I, I think that the for what we have and what uh, Marvel is, we need to rebuild the superhero brand. And uh, DC is loaded, overloaded with heavy hitters. and uh, But they're all 50. <laughs> you know, they're all 50 years old or better. So we need to start finding the people that are going to come up over the next couple of years and build them into better superhero artists. So there's plenty of people out there that, uh, you know, I've I, I knew about from years back on old message boards you know, never got in should have got in but there's, you know, independents don't want to hire superhero artists, generally because they're looking for the uh, you know, the one horn hooker story <laughs> so that doesn't necessarily lend itself to Jim Lee or the next Jim Lee so you got to open the door your your big seller is superheroes, so this is what you sell right now so, where are your superhero artists? Where are your mainstream commercial artists? Bring them in and work with them, promote them. There's still people that don't, don't even know Cable was out. So, I, I hear it all the time. Wasn't where there was Cable.
0: Really? Uh, I
1: can go on. Yeah, you can go on my Twitter feed. Like, over the last few days when people were like, uh, when I was talking about how when you work on a book and you say, don't buy my book, it hurts everybody in your yeah. industry. You know, you go through that, and then people say, oh, I'm going to buy your book. I didn't, I'm not even aware there's a cable out. Yeah, so there's very low promotion, especially for, um, and you'd think cable would have been promoted through the roof. So, and uh, because he's going to be in the film very soon, and Marvel owns that company, or will own that company, or Disney does. Right, but
2: and that's everybody that's lost here. their minds when they announced cable. Yeah. So, Jeez Louise.
1: where's all the promotion? Where, you know, if are like, oh, who are you? What are you drawing? I'm like, well, I'm John. I draw a cable. And, oh, there's a cable book? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. But uh, also consider, too, is that uh, all the people that have been lost over the last couple of years, like fans, you know, super, true superhero, mainstream superhero fans, that were not getting what they wanted from one company, so may have gone to another company or may have left the industry altogether out of just
0: spike.
1: It can take years, years, to build them back. And you want to build them back. You want as many people with money in their pockets to be buying books from this industry. If you can have a customer for life, what's better than that? You know, but make sure it's a happy customer. Make sure you're not telling them they're a fucking Nazi. (laughs) So,
2: Right, because I guarantee don't you, worry. the SJWs—they're not buying books.
1: Yeah, don't let your political stuff become so abrasive to where you're just turning everybody off. You want to bring in as many people as possible, but at some point, these people just—they erode. The the. Uh, the SVTU stuff, they, they, can't, they can't tolerate the slightest of deviation. Right. So for the goodwill that you do, these other people are there and they're working against you. They should be, and again, that's why they should be in the indie field. Let them work against the indie field, because the indie field, every single dollar counts. And they will eventually straighten out their own. But when they're getting corporate money, and you're dealing with a corporation, corporations are going to turn a blind eye to few blocks lost here or there, especially if you're all sus- subscribing to the same religion. Right. So, hopefully that changes. So, I want everyone to be in. I want everybody to be happy. Stop telling everybody they're Nazis. And, uh, you know, attacks up from the far left, attacks from the far right, you know, need to be left in their own areas. And if people, people need... They, you don't just have to fire everyone outright. You know, if they say whatever, eat my ass. But that person needs a talking to, and the fans need to know that's not acceptable. Hey, everybody, somebody said something bad to a fan. We're uh, putting them on a six-month suspension from our company. Okay, and everybody has to say, okay. Because it's understandable, it's okay. We don't necessarily want everybody to be losing their jobs and be in hard spots, but we need to know that the company cares about the people that buy their products.
2: Exactly. So. Well, thanks. Well, I mean, thank you for being as open as you are. I know, you know, some of what you're saying, it's it. It's not exactly the safest positions for you, for you to be taking. And, well, uh, I, I say it because it's important, but. I know.
1: In this environment, as it is now, believe me, I will pay a price. So, we need to make it a better environment for everybody, and, uh, you know, hopefully the doors open wide for people, but we have to, it has to be ran like a business, and it has to be understood we're all here to make money for the company, and to do that, we keep fans as happy as we possibly can. Join the black people, put them on mute, ignore them, stop checking your social media every day, <laughs> you know, don't let people trigger you so much, so... There's some guy on, on my stuff, he burned through it for like four days straight. I mean, like, the first day he was on there, probably like 14 hours. He was a SJW and, you know, putting out the usual, you know, straight white guys suck, and he's a white guy, of course, And but people are going back and forth with him, you know, for like four days, So I'm just like, Jesus. I stay completely out of it. Like, ridiculous.
2: But again, man, thank you for your openness and your honestness, honesty on it. Though I mean, it, it, it's I think it's a it's a message that really needs to be heated. Um, you know, I'm like you. I don't I don't want to see the industry die. I don't want to see it go through what it went through a couple decades ago, where comics almost disappeared. Um, and it it's definitely salvageable. It's savable. And nobody really has to sell out who they are to fix it. They just need to remember that everybody is a potential customer, and not just the yeah, people. Everyone's just being adult, <laughs> right? You can't just cater to the people you'd go get a coffee with, and you know, bash everybody else with, and be the cool kids in the room. It, it, you've got to be open to everybody because comic books are about the outsider, either becoming. A hero, despite being on the outside, or the outsider proving himself and becoming a hero to everybody. You know.
1: Yeah, you, and uh, the uh, the handholding and editorial. I would rather they be competitive with each other and rubbing in each other's faces again behind closed doors. Right, of course. But to have a competition between the editors instead of it's all kumbaya ideological kumbaya, like tension helps creativity and if there's no tension creativity is going to pay a price for that as well so you know hopefully all that uh, you know there's just so many things that can happen there's not enough time but anyways <laughs> jason yeah thank you very much for having me on appreciate it
2: thank you sir have a good all one right.
1: you have a good one take you, care
2: yes sir all
0: right bye bye so there it is uh from the inside comics are in trouble This political activism online and in the books needs to stop. Um, Most people don't care. And most people are turned off by rabid, rampant political activism and faux outrage. Uh, I know I am. And, uh, you know, despite wherever you politically lean, understand that it doesn't belong in all mediums. And if that offends you, I'm sorry, but I'm really not because I want this medium to be saved. So have a good one.